What's going on, people? We are back at it again with the High Bud Tenders podcast. It's your boy, Jarrell, and I usually have my road dog, my partner in crime, Rocky, but she couldn't make it. So uh, I'm going to hold it down for her. And of course, we always have a special guest. Today, we have a super, super special one. We have Callie Creighton, also known as Callie Cush. What's up, Callie? What's up, Jarrell? How are we today? Oh, I'm doing good. Just trying to survive this Vegas heat. It's hot as hell out here. Where you, Where you at right now? Um, I'm actually visiting some friends up in Michigan, um, but I, my company is headquartered in Rome, Georgia, and I travel travel all over the country all year long, um, doing events um, for work and for um, some of the cannabis contracts that I have. So nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So just to give the people just a little bit of background, um, like I read that you got your degree from. Um, Auburn is that correct yeah yes and it was for like agriculture yeah yeah so when I was in college and I started college in 2011 um, I also am from Georgia so I was born and raised in Georgia a very um, a very illegal state um, let's say because even now even now with how the country has progressed Georgia did pass a medical program but it's literally tincture only and the tincture can't exceed 5% THC. Oh, wow. So it, it's really <laughs> weird. So that that just is like a, a whole cover all of Georgia in and of itself. But um, yeah, I got my degree from Auburn in Alabama. Um, I knew I wanted to get into cannabis because I started consuming cannabis in high school. And I just found that it had helped so much with like testing anxiety, social anxiety, just like all that, all that good stuff. Um, that you really discover once you start smoking the plant. And um, I realized that just because I lived in a spot where it was frowned upon doesn't mean that it was like that everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I got to college at first, I was like, I'm going to be a cannabis lawyer. I'm going to do liberal arts and I'm going to go to law school. And um, a few years in, I was like, that's not for me. I am a cultivator, I'm a plant person, um, and I pursued a degree in the agricultural economics and agribusiness aspect to get a coverall of both like the agriculture, then also how that relates to agribusiness, because I was just like, that is just, that's going to be how I get into the industry that, and then it, it, it truly was, um, because back in 2011, like now, University of Michigan even has like a cannabis degree, yeah. you know, like kids these days have an advantage, even like, you know, when we were young, like what we're smoking out of apples and like yeah. kids have vapes now, like there's, there's advantages that we're here now that weren't available for me, you know, 10 years ago. So um, I pursued the degree to get in and um, about six months after graduation, uh, GTI um, had moved me out to Nevada and they jump started my career. And I'm very fortunate that, I mean, it, it's, it was a little bit of the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. but actually having an education and, um, 
being like internships don't exist you guys want to like figure something out like that and they were interested and they actually have an internship program now and I I give myself credit for that like I started that that. yeah it really it really they kind of like thought about it and we're like that's a that's an awesome idea and um did you you have a lot of support like from like your friends and family when you told them you wanted to get into the cannabis industry um from my friends yes all all the people that were my age were really supportive I refrained from telling my parents for a little while but when I was telling them that I was switching majors I told them you know I didn't really dive deep with them about like my consumption habits or anything but I just told them that this is something very real this will one day be in Georgia I want to be a front runner for our state our home and then my father's a very business oriented man when he started looking at the numbers and the dollar signs he was like oh okay okay and yeah so yeah once he once he saw the dollar signs he was on board and my mom's very like alternative medicine so she she kind of already was like oh that's and and it made sense because there were a lot of times when I was younger that I came home high and she was just really very sweet about it and (laughs) yeah it's like she always knew nice like how cool is it though like or like I know it had to be cool to um to like switch majors and say you know what I want to go you know all in on the cannabis industry and then get rewarded by being flown out to to Nevada, you know, for like, I don't say a dream job, but almost like a dream job for you. Yeah. At the time, it really, like in terms of opportunity, even to just like start as a receptionist. I mean, I, I was, I don't think I've ever experienced a cloud nine since as the actual finally, like all these years of like, how am I going to get in? And I also, thought Colorado was was going to be my end. I had applied to like five jobs in Colorado and just nobody said it was just crickets. Mm-hmm. And so like when they said Nevada, it was just like, wait, what? Really? <laughs> what? And uh, it, it just ended up being a really like perfect fit for me. And I'm really lucky for that. And um, they taught me so, so much. I mean, I was with them for a year and a half and I really got to build a relationship with them too. And anybody that is wanting to get into the industry um the the one of the big industry struggles is turnover yes. so you express loyalty and even like when you eventually leave and you can show other employers your loyalty it's valued so high absolutely absolutely so, what was your what position did you start off with uh when you first got in the industry i started intake which goes by a lot of names across a lot of different companies. But basically I was a secretary because I didn't really know anything. I knew Indica, I knew Sativa, Hybrid. I had known um, about lotions and dabs, like the different types. And that was kind of other than the, you know, I had read a couple books like Weed the People, um, you know, a couple little books like that to try to learn about brands and stuff. But I really didn't know how to help people. And when I moved to Nevada and got in the industry, it was 2017, it was still medical. And so I studied, I like studied as a receptionist. I made like little note cards with like terpenes and what they did. 
And we would like, I would take with one of my girlfriends who we just became, we just, uh, we were both the new girls. So, you know, so you just click being new at the same job mm -hmm. at the same time. And we would take the menu home and study it and look up genetics and stuff. And we really worked really hard to learn to eventually get out from behind the desk and start bud tending. And um, I have a background in sales. And I was also just really lucky that once I started selling, I like got into the, into the really, I just started being a really uh, profitable bud tender and started standing out. And within three months of moving to Nevada from receptionist to three months in, I became the assistant manager of the largest grossing dispensary of what they were then only seven states and 52 stores, which is still a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was a, it was a really incredible, uh, yeah, underdog journey that got me there. And then that, you know, being 24 and a manager, um, put me in a position to be successful, you know, later on with New Leaf, especially, uh, their cultivation and then further on starting my own brand and my business and further like diving into the content creator space. Yeah. So let's, let's get into that. Cause I want to talk about your brand and your, like your website and everything. How did that come about? Well, um, like I said, when I was uh, switching majors, I kind of knew it was something I wanted to do forever and bring home to the state of Georgia from someone that had experience, you know, had experience in the state of Georgia right now. It is just really hemp products and also the Delta 8 products. And Delta 8 has a bad rep and it's earned it because there's a lot of questionable products out there. There's... I mean, compared to like Nevada, for example, that where it's so regulated, I mean, they, the things that some of these people put in these vapes and in these gummies, you're just like. Yeah. And oh. that's the thing. I feel like it's the people that's doing Delta 8, like Delta 9, the disservice because they're not they're not respecting the plant how it should be. Exactly. And it's it's kind of sad because. CBD in and of itself and the hemp plant has so many incredible benefits. Um, but Delta eight in places like Georgia, where there's been such a stigma, it bridges the gap. People that don't leave the state very often that don't travel often. And you find those people anywhere, you know, the Delta eight is the first thing that they'll just come across legally you know, in a gas station, maybe. And, you know, and I have um, like some of my dad's friends and whatnot who are 60 years old, 70 years old, trying Delta 8 for the first time. And because they're, they haven't really experienced any other cannabis products, like they're seeing results that are similar to what um, I remember from dispensary times, you know, people dealing with chronic pain and insomnia. And I mean, that's the thing about Delta 8 is it is without a doubt a very indica feeling, mm -hmm. but you know, Georgia kind of teaching all these elderly folks who were raised with the war on drugs. Like those are the, those are the only obstacle that we really face over here. You know, the younger generation, the, the middle generation, everybody's, you know, it's pretty not, it's like the most, non-political everybody agrees on it right now kind of thing like yeah. it's that's that's kind of just where it is and delta eight has helped bridge that gap so um 
right now in Georgia, we have 13 products. Um, some of them are CBD, some of them are Delta 8, um, in addition to a wide variety of other stoner gear, stoner apparel. Um, I have another drop coming on the website um, in August, and then another one around October, and then another one around December. So the store is seeing tremendous growth, and I'm excited about um, launching just like a whole new array of products. And we're going to start getting into some of the music festival spaces. And really, uh, we're also pursuing a cultivation license in the state of Georgia. Currently, there's some issues going on between like the Department of Agriculture and like who does their background blueprint, uh, background checks and the fingerprinting, um, like, like with a regular agent card. Yeah. Um, and so we're a little held up right there right now, but um, we have a space and we're literally just waiting to um, start growing our own. And as Georgia starts presenting its medical program in a more reasonable light, and they start allocating more licenses, you know, my full and complete intention is to, you know, jump the gun and, and be there and be ready and, you know, fight for the, you know, we don't need all these, I, I get corporate cannabis, I get how it happened and I'm not mad at it. And I understand the strategy involved because cannabis yeah. is Game of Thrones, like cannabis is Game of Thrones, but the mom and pop shops still need their opportunity. And Absolutely. I want to make sure also like they are legislatively protected for that opportunity. You know, I don't want to see Florida happen again, the third biggest consumer state in the country. And that's only medical. They're not even still only medical. Yet. Yeah. They're like only medical. That's wild. And there's only 23 companies there. That's wild. Yeah. And you seem like you seem super passionate about um, being able to provide things like Delta eight or like Delta nine to, to people who don't have access to uh, legal cannabis. Um, is that like a part of like why you came up with the website? Yes, absolutely. And um, it's why I do some, you know, trade shows around the country too, because also like there's places where people can't afford it. Um, yeah. I do a show in uh, Chicago and Chicago and Illinois has one of the worst cannabis taxes i mean an eight over at, like i went into one of the shops out of curiosity um one of my girlfriends you might know her as low temp lauren on instagram she's from illinois and she was like i don't know if you want to waste your time like the tax the, the prices are really bad and i mean a, a full gram dab was 75 dollars pre-tax um an eight was 65 and for that to be their standard yeah. and for you know you to be able to alternatively have some delta eight and the smokables aren't for everyone but the gummies do have very strong very similar effects again very indica heavy i you know but my thing is also making sure that people are educated about knowing what it does and knowing like don't take a whole one how much cannabis yeah. have you ever consumed? Have you ever tried Delta 8? Because also if you've never tried Delta 8 ever, even if I don't care if you are Snoop Dogg and you smoke every day all day long, <laughs> yeah. if you've never taken Delta 8, don't overwhelm yourself. Like, and, and just making sure that 
you know, I don't think Delta 8 is something that will last forever. And none of the other, I don't even deal with the other cannabinoids because I also, you know, I don't agree with a lot of them, like some of the HHC or THCO, which recently got pulled from people's shelves. I mean, if that doesn't tell you anything about how they're just trying to... They just manipulate the plant. Yeah. It, <laughs> It, it just like once we get to that federal legalization checkpoint, um, I think del the Delta products will kind of dissolve and, and it'll go back to, the, yeah. back to the original. And I do look forward to that. But, you know, right now, just educating people, bridging that gap for people, providing products, um, you know, it's it's awesome. And I, I look forward to also like eventually not just private labeling, but, you know, having our own cultivation and, you know, furthermore, when that cultivation can grow marijuana next to hemp, because hemp is also something that is way beyond just consumable CBD. Yeah, you the, can do so much with it. The future of how I will always want to grow hemp, just industrial hemp, because the, the, the future of like the biodegradable plastic bottles, the clothing, the rope. Yep. I mean, it just like even built the building materials market yep. is, is it's coming down the pipeline and it's going to be huge when that happens. Yeah. So I will, I will always, um, you know, and that's where like hemp, hemp is a normal agricultural commodity, like any other product, like corn, like soybean, you know, and it takes me back to my Auburn days and my like just ag business stuff because that when we when you start breaking it down, it is a it's a it is a pharmaceutical product, but it's also an agricultural commodity. That's exactly what it is. That's a, the only thing um, I'm weary about when it comes to like federal legalization is um like you like you mentioned the education part. If the education is not like hand in hand with that, um, then I, it's still going to be like that stigma. I'm like I know the stigma is not going to go away as soon as it gets federally legalized, but um, like without the education, it's just going to take take that much longer to really get that stigma out of there. And I think it's like even as people um, watch more TV and there's there's more programs about it. There's I swear, like every month on Netflix, there's like a new cannabis documentary that they're coming yeah. up with or a new show. And I feel like there are, there's certainly efforts being made, um, but it's, you know, people that watch those kind of stuff are already for it. You know, they're already about the plant. They're even even if they haven't thought about consuming it, if they want to watch that, they've already kind of made the commitment that they would yeah. if they're willing to learn about it. So it's really how do we how do we educate the people that don't want to be educated, who want to just put their hands up and say, it's not true. It's not yeah. true. You know, how do we how do we how do we bridge that gap? Um and I guess we'll just, we'll figure it out. As we go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of the, the, the evidence is like starting to speak for itself, right? Like, you know, people, people seeing how much, you know, money Colorado is able to reinvest into their infrastructure, into their um, public education. Uh, I mean, then, you know, the study on in Florida, like when they legalized the amount of opioid usage just shot down. I mean, um, even like the studies that they've done about crime in areas going down where it played. I mean, when, once the evidence continues to build up because it's 
that's another problem. Like when the industry is so new, it's harder to gather that long-term research that defines those like peer reviewed journals that, you know, people start being like, oh, wow, like this research really stacks up and just the time hasn't passed enough, I guess. And then you'd have to take into account like how many, um, like how many people are fighting against it, like big pharma and how much money they're putting up against, you know, um, like the, the progression of cannabis. So like when you have like, you know, like different agencies that are just like totally against it, it's kind of hard to get that research done. That's, that's what sucks. That's what's true. I mean, yeah, majority of the research that we have has come out of Israel. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, that's where they found the CBD molecule. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it, it wasn't happening here. You know, we had, they had that, um, that, that pot farm down at the University of Mississippi and they, you know, we're just growing it for almost no reason. For no reason. Like the, <laughs> the weirdest thing, weirdest yeah. thing. Yeah. So like, like another thing you do that I like is that um, you provide the COAs for your product. Um, I really like that because that gives, you know, your consumers the opportunity to to know what they're putting in their bodies. Uh, like, what was your reasoning behind that? Um, I I honestly think it, it just comes from my experience in Nevada. And if you're listening to this podcast and you've ever been there, then you know that they give you the most in-depth lab results and um as soon as i started traveling to other states because actually nevada not only was you know that my that was my first state that i was ever in that had legal cannabis overall so i was spoiled immediately by having the lab results like that that i because (laughs) nobody oh i go between michigan florida um dc california Seattle, everywhere I have gone, anywhere else, nobody will tell you um, in depth. And I, I don't know why. I really don't know why. Uh, it's like you turn your nose up at the shop, like, Ugh, y'all don't test for terpenes? Like, what? <laughs> like, and like, yeah, and in Michigan, they'll tell you, like, the terpenes are 2.91 milligrams. Which terpenes? And you're like, why... If you're gonna tell me that, why don't you just tell tell me what they are? What yeah. you you've already you're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, you might as well go ahead and finish the test. Yeah, so I I that's why I um, personally felt obligated to just show the COAs because also the variants that the variants that exist, for example, like in Nevada, if you're you know your cart your whatever can be within like. Um, a 15% variant and in Delta eight, it's like, like 35. That's way too much. That's it. It's an enormous difference in how off your product can be. So I like to, first of all, just verify that this really is within the ballpark and Mm -hmm. it's close, it's closer than 35%. Um, And then also, you know, when we, talk about like I also I supply an ingredients list because it, some of the things people are putting in these products is so disturbing or yeah. you know not testing like some of these delta 8 suppliers I had to um I had to deal with like two suppliers that I had to cut off because when they were giving me samples and we were reviewing you know what the production was going to be like they wouldn't 
subject to a full panel test, mm. which is what I believe in as also a cultivator, like your mitotoxins, your residual pesticides, all that sort of things, mm. heavy metals. Like, I mean, you know, to me, again, this basic things, this is my, this is what has been drilled into me. And this is, I want it's this oil. information. And so that was, that's a whole, that was a whole thing too. Of like, I don't, I don't even work with vendors if the vendor cannot show me an accurate up to date. Cause I'm, and I also, I'm the kind of girl that wrote like fake doctor's notes in college <laughs> and stuff. So like, guess that, cause I will double check that this company is real. Yeah. And that this test really happened. Yeah. So I just really, and I also think having the higher quality product is what makes a difference between the amount of people that, you know, Delta 8 can be contributed with a little bit of paranoia or a little bit of headache. Um, and I don't necessarily attribute that to the Delta 8 so much as the things that the other stuff in it. on the test. Yeah, yep, absolutely. No, that's super important. Um, just like just being transparent, like that's what it's all about. Like if you have nothing to hide, yeah. then you have no problem being transparent. Exactly. Um, and, and I just like, like you said, I feel like we're spoiled. Um, like, you know, I'm in Nevada, you were in Nevada. So like, I'm super spoiled. Um, cause we can break it down if we want to, we can ask, you know, what, what kind of soil was this grown in? Yeah. We have to provide, provide that information. So it's like, if you have nothing to hide, let me see it all. Let me see it all. So I can appreciate like, at least you're, um, providing that COA for your consumers. That's super important. Mm -hmm. Super important. So um, what's 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 new for you? Like what you got coming up the pipe? Um, well, we're still uh, pursuing that cultivation license and mm -hmm. I'm hoping to have some new um, brand contracts around um, Nevada and with some other producers. I'm currently right now, my biggest sponsor is actually Ooze. Ooze. Yes. Ooze, your, your segment, your moment. Hi, beautiful. Okay. <laughs> um, and really just trying to grow in that space. Um, Instagram's really a tricky spot right now to be any anything related to cannabis, whether you're say, or not. Are you like so, sometimes scared to post? Um, oh yeah, I'm. And here, the the worst part is like you just keep going about your life. You know, you should you know you should really post and not focus too much on likes because the, it will always come if you just believe in it. If you put quality, if you don't try to force that people, you want to really project your true self. It will always follow. But when they like when you get shadow banned, like you you can check your account accessibility and it'll be like oh. This can't be recommended, whatever. As soon as you get hit with that, when they finally, whether you modify it and they decide it's okay or you just outright delete the post, um, you will always deal with like a little like whiplash about now the algorithm is hesitant. Mm -hmm. So it will show you to like maybe a, a, a much smaller percentage of your followers and then based on that random pool of followers, it's going to dictate, well, I mean, only 10% engaged in it. So let's just, you know, push this one back. And so the, the way that it just kind of maths everything through so quickly. So sometimes 
yeah, that, that's, that is the only time when I'm just like, oh, is if I get shadow banned, the next one or two posts, it takes a little bit to kick back in. So when you have, and especially like if you have a deal, if you're making paid content for someone yeah. and then you unexpectedly get shadow banned, but you have a due date and you're just like, you know, and, and that's, I try to be really transparent with those companies as well. Like, this is what happened. I have this made for you, but I don't want to waste it yet. I need yeah. to get it. And it's frustrating because I've, I've had that happen too, where it was um, earlier this year between like March and April, I got like shadow banned and then they fixed it. And then I got shadow banned again. And it was just like back to back to back. And at that time I had a, four post over the course of two months deal that I was supposed to take out as well as another brand deal. And it, um, it was, it just, especially, you know, when it was for that one company that had four videos, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, you know, you just feel like shit cause you can't even do anything. Like, I don't know why Instagram wanted to do that to me. And, uh, <laughs> And I'm, you just try, I'm just, you just try to go with the flow yeah. about it because I see people who don't get flagged for anything and they're showing much more flower or much bigger clouds. Like you don't know how it's going to strike. So the only thing, and I guess I'll say knock on wood is that if you follow like the minimal guidelines, like the keep out of reach of children for 21 plus, yeah. you know, nothing for sale. No matter if they will, if they delete your page, they will never permanently delete it. Oh. As long as you always have that kind of stuff up there. Um, because when you then pursue later on, like, uh, you know, when they have you go through the appeals process, you'll, you'll just kind of have that there and be like, you can look at this. This is what I have. I have these age blockers. Um, this is legal. And that has always always worked for me and to anybody else that I've ever talked to who lost their page. So, um, but between some of the brand deals and the cultivation and the pi uh, down the pipeline, I am getting married next year. Whoa. Hell yeah. Congratulations. Uh -huh. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I actually, and I have a, I have a black diamond because nice. Emo nice. forever. <laughs> is it something big, something small? How, how, what is the wedding going to be like? It is half and half. It's kind of like half and half. Me and my fiance have, been engaged for about like three years now okay. because we have we changed so many things so many times um and but now it's uh it's the only negative is it's during edc next year but it's may 18th uh 2024 um in virginia city nevada if you're familiar with okay. that you know really really cool historical cowboy town and so we are going to get married at the catholic church there and uh um a reception in piper's opera house um which is a really cool historical building so and nice. i'm just i love i'm a i'm a big ghost hunter so i love to uh i love to smoke and go look for ghosts i, I actually think that cannabis enhances your um, ghost hunt your ghost hunting senses, if you okay. will. There you go. So all you ghost hunters out there, smoke one before you go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What do you uh, when you smoke? Are you more of like a uh, concentrates, flower girl? What's your preference? Um. Oh. Uh, okay, so I love flower the most. Like I do love like actually like the organic experience of like the plant. But on a day to day basis, I dab a lot more than actually okay. smoking flower. And I think it just depends on I think I have a really busy lifestyle and um, with some of the people I deal with, you know, I don't really want to smell like smoke and um, you can't, you know, you can sometimes get, get nose blind to that. And yeah. so, you know, I have, I like have a rule for myself about really like, I don't smoke flour until it's about 420 in the day, unless it's like a weekend or something like, or, or I, I have a content day where I'm filming content. Um, I, I don't know why I just like, I like to dab during the day and then I like a bit to more stick. efficient. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like the mini nail the best i do think the mini and this is that's not a, a sponsored thing anywhere but, but the mini <laughs> nail is the literal best as once you get a mini nail you will only want to dab too that's all right that's that's i think also part of it that's part of it it's just super easy yeah i mean yeah. uh being able to control your temperature from literally as low as like i, I think 50 is this lowest all the way up to um, in the thousands, which that's, you know, when you finish your session, you just turn it all the way up and it'll basically self clean itself. And then just a little mm -hmm. alcohol swab. Um, but yeah, cause like when you, when you're lucky enough to be in Nevada and you get your Terps yes. you know, and then you can go to a Terp chart and you'd be like, Oh, well this strain's high in alpha and beta pinene and the terp chart you know is between like 380 and 390 for then you can also get that craft craft yes. experience <laughs> yeah um, you get the most out of your terps yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it's fun to like think we've come as far because i can remember back in 2017 like just me and my me and my friends just passing around like a black banger on the rig yeah. like not not yeah. even knowing fortune hot dabs not knowing anything <laughs> at all <laughs> and now look at it. bougie now yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's what's up so before i get you up out of here i have to ask what you've been smoking on lately what have i been smoking on lately oh i just okay so being in michigan um i got to try a lot of new products and trying stuff here um i got a crude boys ghost train haze like two gram disposable and it is so uh, it's like probably one of the tastiest pens mm. um, i've ever had uh and that's like you know pens aren't known for being tasty so so that like immediately um was a standout uh, when I was in Reno a month ago, I also just had, um, it was by a brand called Hayes. It was just amazing. It was so hot. It, it had like 40 milligrams of terpinaline in it. It nice. was like, that's my favorite terpene. Nice. Um, and I, yeah, at least just, yeah, that, it was so good. And um, I also have some new flower of um it's called serious black and it is a very very purpley strain i always am like attracted to especially when you can see the displays of the flowers yeah. i'm always really attracted to those 
purpley hues. It's usually just, you know, the flavor tends to be like a little sweeter. Mm -hmm. There's just something, there's just something about purple bud. Can't yeah. just stuff. Especially like when you break it down, it's just so dark. It's nice. I yeah. Love it. What are you smoking on? Oh, the last thing I've smoked was um this flower from um from a brand called White Clouds. Okay. The strain was a hash bar. Hash um, bar. Yeah, it's my first time trying it. Had pretty decent terps in it, nice good amount of mercine. Super balanced, had a good a little bit of limonene in there. So yeah, that's been my go-to the last day or two. I'm over flower guy. I like to roll up. Yeah. What's your favorite thing? What's your favorite thing to roll up with? Um, I'm like a I'm a I'm a I'm a blunt guy. So yeah. Give me, yeah. So give me like a Dutch or a backwoods or some kind of leaf or something. Yeah. I'm trying to wean myself off of it, but it's a slow process. I I blunts <laughs> really are. I miss blunts a lot. I I used to smoke them a lot more and. I just started getting really heavy in like my chest and mm -hmm. only because of that did I ever quit smoking blunts. I miss them. No, I'm, I'm definitely getting to that point where I need to uh, switch it up. <laughs> so, uh, Callie, I appreciate you hopping on. You fucking killed it. Um, I love your story, your journey. And um, if somebody wanted to um, like find your products or just wanted to learn a little bit more about the uh, like the your, your brand, how can they find you? Um, okay, well, if you ever just wanted to check out the website and see what's going on there, it's www.callycush.com. Um, Callie is spelled C-A-L-L-E-Y, and Kush, of course, K-U-S-H. Um, I got a funky spelled name, so it's with the <laughs> E-Y at the end. And then, if like, literally, Callie Kush is on my, is my Twitter, is my Insta, is my TikTok. You can find me anywhere. My DMs are open. I love to chat. Um, I love to connect with people in the cannabis industry, and I think that's what has helped me be successful. Everybody's a friend. I haven't met you yet. You're already a friend of mine, so, um, yeah. you know, that – they can they can find me there. Hell yeah. Follow her on Instagram. She makes cool videos too. <laughs> well, thanks <laughs> for having me on today. This is oh, a really awesome experience. Whenever you have something going on, or if you just want to hop on and chat with us, come holler at us. You got to come back when we have Rocky so all three of us can chat it yeah. up. Yeah. For sure. Um, as always, you can find us at www.highbuttenders.com. You can find us at um, on Instagram at highbuttenders on all the socials and all that good stuff. Um, Callie, I appreciate you. And as Rocky would always say, stay high, butt tenders. It make it, I'm saying. I said I love my city. But I don't think you hear me, though. I said I love my city.